Welcome to Stand Out with Natalia Brzezinski. I'm Natalia, and today I am recording live from Boston from the John F. Kennedy Memorial Library from MSNBC's Know Your Value event, hosted by my sister-in-law, Mika Brzezinski. Know Your Value is really cool and something that has affected me personally. It's based on Mika's books, and it's a nationwide effort focused on empowering all of us to express our worth in business, at home, with our spouses, children, and friends. Basically, when you know inside that you are valuable, you have the courage to stand out. And when you stand out, you lift others up along with you. I'm here now with Amy Cuddy. Amy is an American social psychologist known for her research on stereotyping and discrimination, especially against working mothers. She's an associate professor at Harvard Business School, and her TED Talk, delivered in 2012, has been viewed more than 27 million times and ranks second amongst the most viewed TED Talks in the world. Amy will tell me now how the way I'm sitting right now with my legs crossed, the way we always say thank you or I'm sorry as women really affects us in the workplace. So women tend to collapse inward and that makes them feel powerless. So they literally are using body language that's collapsed. So they wrap themselves up, they wrap their their legs and their ankles. I call it twisty legs. They touch their throats and their necks and their heads. And they're doing all of these things that powerless animals do and that we do when we feel truly powerless. The problem is that we really don't need to do that unless we're being chased by a saber-toothed tiger, which isn't going to happen, right? So we do it all the time when we feel threatened. And it, it, it actually feeds back and affects how we feel about ourselves. It changes us physiologically. It changes our hormone levels. It changes our, our, how our nervous system is responding to a stressful situation. And it really undermines us. It also causes us to focus excessively on what we think people think of us as opposed to focusing on what's just happening in the moment so we can't actually engage. So it's a, it's a real um, barrier to being present. And in order to be convincing, to be compelling, you you have to be present. Why do you think we're so powerless? And is it because well, we're following kind of man's world and man's rules? Not to use the cliche, well, the thing is, honestly, I hear from as many men as women, and. That surprised me. So men are just as likely to feel like imposters as women. They're afraid to admit it. They will admit it anonymously or, you know, behind the scenes, but they, they're not going to admit, raise their hand and, or talk about it with their friends about feeling like an imposter. Um, so I don't think it's, I don't think it's just a women's problem, although women are much more likely to use that body language. And now is that, is that innate? I don't think so. We've just finished a couple of studies Look, I mean, think about five-year-old girls. They're doing the same things that boys are doing. There's, you know, they're throwing their arms out. They're not worried about keeping their knees together. You know, they're, they're not worried about that stuff. They are, however, already aware of the stereotypes. So we've done research recently, and we found that by, age, by the age of six, almost all six-year-olds think that expansive poses are boys and contractive poses are girls. They don't adopt them until about middle school when they start to really adopt gender roles. So it does come along with this cultural stereotype or this prescription of what women are supposed to be, which is submissive and, um, and not entitled and not taking up too much space and not getting in anybody's way. So it's consistent with that 
that prescription, that cultural prescription. And it's even worse in other parts of the world. I mean, the U.S. isn't even that bad compared to a lot of other places. It's so interesting you say that because I, I have a six-year-old and um, we were living in Sweden for the past four years. So she's Swedish, you know, she went to a Swedish daycare, you know, free subsidized daycare that they have there. And and now that we, we've just went back two months ago and she just turned six and I see all of a sudden this exact change. Mm -hmm. But luckily, growing up at a place, I mean, Sweden is, you know, male, there's many male teachers, they make, they have a process of gender mainstreaming. So there's really a focus on showing right. you know, roles in different ways. And like, um, she will question these things. Like mm -hmm. she was listening to a song in Frozen, which is supposed to be a very, very empowering female movie. And the, there's a song there that you can barely hear, but it says, you know, I'm as strong as 10,000 men. And she'll say, Mom, you know, why men? Or, you know, yeah. What's this, there's like, what's actually that? a day, and I mean, we live in Washington, D.C., there's a lot of working parents, but there's actually a day prescribed per month that's dad take kids to school day. Okay. Which, what is the undertone of that? Of course, that they never take I know, of course. So, I mean, how, a lot of you, what we're talking about is a thesis based on we have to change society mm -hmm. as well and how, yeah. and how far away are we from that? I am amazed at how, Honestly, in the last few years, and I don't know if it had anything to do with 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 my talk or the the message coming from that, or just a, cha a generational change. How much more open body language I see from girls. I mean, so yeah, I, I still see my son who's 13. His his girl friends, his female friends, starting to collapse around middle school. But in general, I mean, look at the covers of magazines. I mean, women are much more likely to be sitting with their hands on their hips, and not in the skinny arms way, but really just to be owning it. And uh, and and so I, I feel like I do, I definitely feel that we're changing. I mean, I really fast actually. I think that <clears throat> I think that we're on a really good upswing right now. I don't think it's perfectly linear. I think it's it sort of ebbs and flows. Right now, I think we're in a really good growth period for women and girls where girls are going, wait a minute, I have power. And questioning it. I guess the last question, you know, we've heard this word all day long, authenticity. Mm -hmm. What's the key to unlocking mm -hmm. your authenticity? Well, I mean, you have and to it takes believe. A while. I feel like I'm just it's finding not, mine at 30. Yeah. And my whole book is about this, right? The find is sort of finding your authentic best self. What does that mean? Is it just being true to yourself? Is it being real? Like, what does that mean? You know, because you've got multiple selves. First of all, you do have multiple selves, and that's okay. I think your authentic best self you may not even have experienced it yet. It might be an idea that you have, a self-concept that you have in mind. Um, and that's okay too. So people are really, they think that if they change, they're being inauthentic and I think that's totally wrong. Being your authentic best self is feeling personally powerful and having access to your skills and your abilities and your values and feeling unapologetic about presenting that person to the people you're interacting with. And walking away from a situation without a sense of regret, feeling like whatever happened, I brought my best self to that, and that's all that I have control over. It sounds exactly like what Mika has been telling me since I was 22. Don't say you're sorry. Sorry, guys, know your value. She's been saying this for a long time. And don't care what other people think. It's so simplistic. But honestly, a lot of my own struggles, and when I work in business or tech, which I do a lot of, come down to that. I can't please every single person in that room. Someone in there will think I'm aggressive or demanding yeah, or and I, feminist in the bad sense. I don't think that we cannot care what others think 
at all. And, and in fact, self-awareness and social awareness are really good predictors of good outcomes in organizations. Um, I mean, it is that sort of emotional intelligence that people talk about. It's, it's not getting tripped up by it. So you can notice it and go, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to let go of that one and I'm moving on, right? So, so it's, it's when we get hung up on it. Noticing is fine. It's perseverating or ruminating on those observations that also are probably not even accurate because when you're stressed out and nervous, you're not making accurate inferences about what's going on. 